get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, saver retire, and service deals today. Dobbs, with 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Nation's capital, that's right. Nation's capital, <laughs> things, are, things are rocking and rolling up here, guys. Wonderful day in Washington, D.C. Left the morning skate about 20 minutes ago, and and things are looking looking pretty positive ahead of this matchup here tonight, but it's been an overall wonderful day. We stay in Georgetown, which is a cooler area of Washington, D.C., if you've never been, but some wonderful uh, wonderful shops and uh, places to walk around, and I know this Blues team is certainly amped up to get back on the winning side of things here tonight. I've never been to D.C., Joe, but I want to go because I'm a huge history nerd, but I've also told my wife I feel like I can't go unless I set a week or two aside to go because there's so much to do. Yeah, there's so much, and and don't don't be so hard on yourself. You're, you're not a nerd. We're not a nerd alert like Star Wars. Yeah, with curves. So Am I right? Nerd alert. <laughs> nerd alert. No, just because you're a history buff doesn't make you a nerd. Alex. There is you. You walk down a street and there's a statue of uh you know an Andrew uh you know Alexander you know the Great or there's you know George Washington there's Abraham Lincoln stuff and there's just there's just people across the way. I mean, we just walked past a building looks like a great old building. It's a Ford Theater where you know obviously so much history is there. Yeah. So just you're walking down the streets and you don't even realize all the stuff that you're seeing. And it just really does come together nicely, but a really, really clean city. This city has taken a huge turn. I'd say over the last couple of decades, but it's clean, it's walkable, lots of restaurants and ton of history, as you mentioned. So one of those undercover cities for a lot of the players and, and staff alike. Well, I, uh, I, I feel like a lot of people are excited for this one tonight, Joe, because of the Capitals, but also because they get to see Adam Gaudet. And it seems odd to say, but because Gaudet has to- torn up the minor leagues with his goal scoring, and because the Blues are searching for goal scoring, there's some excitement and buzz around him getting this opportunity. What have you made of just the little you've seen of Gaudet with the Blues today? You know, he looks he looks pretty comfortable. I talked to him here for a little bit this morning. You know, he of course is a uh, northeastern husky like myself. So we have shout some, out, shout out for the husky dog. The Huntington Hounds are back in the house. <laughs> but um, you know, it was it was great to kind of reminisce on the northeastern days, and you know, we obviously have a lot of people we know in common, and uh, a player who's had tremendous amount of success at the college level. You know, of course, Hobie Baker winner. It was funny. I was talking to Nathan Walker this morning. I looked to my left, and there's Goddad. I looked to my right, and there's Scott Prudovich, and I said, Nathan, you must feel like you must feel pretty good. He says, Why is that? And he said, like, you're, you're sitting between two Hobie Baker winners. And he's like, What's a Hobie Baker winner? And of course, everyone started laughing. And, and of course, Nathan Walker knows what the award is, but was just giving some trouble to uh, the two Hobie winners to his right and to his left. And uh, it, it is true. I mean, I think that you look at Goddad, his success he has had in college, has it transcended and trans, you know, transferred to the pro game consistently yet? No. You know, he's bounced between a few different teams. You know, he hasn't played an NHL game in about two years. So this is going to be his first call-up in a long time. But a player that certainly has earned it, he is ripping up the score in the American Hockey League. And it is time. It is time to officially give him a shot. I know there's some other Blues prospects. They wanted to kind of get some looks in before Gaudet. But you really can't keep him down there any longer when he's scoring at the rate he is down there. Of course, he's coached by Drew Bannister for the last couple seasons. And Gaudet, one thing about his game, which will help the Blues here tonight. He is a shooter, without a doubt. He does not look to pass. He looks to shoot. He finds himself in really good areas of the ice. Um, so it'll be really great to see him here on, on the line tonight with another former, you know, a really good playmaker in Oscar Sundquist. So it could be a really fun line, an intriguing line to look at. Joey, Blue's going to do some lineup tweaks tonight against the Washington Capitals. And I want to focus on defense. They're going to go back to this Krug and Kessel pairing and move Falk down to the third pair with Scott Pronovich. What what have you seen in the in the very few games that we did see from Matt Kessel and Torrey Krug that makes that pairing work so well together? You know, I think that Matthew Kessel, 
I think he just plays a very just patient, simple game. You know, I mean, Justin Falk's been in the league a long time. He's been a captain. He's been an all-star. You know, he, he likes to try things. You know, he likes to jump up in the rush. You know, and I think that he's done this game so long and played this game at so long at such a high level. You know, you're always looking to to push the boundaries. You're always looking to to join on the attack. You're always looking to maybe make that, that play through his team because if it gets through, it's going to be a great scoring chance. You know, that's the kind of the mindset, I think, of a Justin Falk. On the flip side of Matthew Kessel, you know, it's almost the opposite. He's not looking to really make any risky plays. He's not looking to make any risky jumps up in the rush and put his line mates and his deep partner in, in a bad spot. He's just been playing a very steady, make a good first pass, you know, keep things to the outside. You know, Alex brought up that stat, you know, last game. You know, he hasn't been on the ice for a five-on-five goal again. I mean, it's pretty remarkable that to think that he's been up as long as he's been up. He's played the teams and he's gone up against some of the top players in the league like he has. And he's not never really put himself or Tori in a bad spot uh, where it's hurt this team. So I think it's a good call by Drew Bannister. You know, do you, was it easy for him to have that conversation with Justin Falk to bring him back down to that third pair? Probably not. But I think this is what he's done very well. He's come in, he's established this in, integral part of the game, this what will you call it, the accountability side of things. And I think you cannot deny that how good Kessel and, and Krug have been together. They've helped this team win some big games and it looks like they're going to go back to it here tonight. The other juggling too, Joe, that uh, Drew Bannister is doing is the top two line, but I want to hone in on Hayes and Shen playing with Jordan Cairo. Um, it, it might be a dual purpose situation, but does this feel like more of getting the best out of Jordan Cairo and kind of bringing in more scoring depth, or is this about trying to get Shen and Hayes going? I think it's a combination of both. You know, I think that, you know, you look why, why was Jordan Cairo taken off the Butch Navish and Thomas line last game? Alex, I think it was mostly because, you know, he was in good spots and he was getting good opportunities from Thomas. He just, he's having a little bit of a rough time finding the back of the net on, you know, on some of these occasions. Now it's hard to say that because, you know, what, what Joe, what are you talking about? A few games ago, he scores a hat trick. Yeah. You know, that was a great game from certainly, but, you look at from the greatest scoring chances he's had. We know he just, you know, passed up Vladimir Tarasenko for the most consecutive games in a row with a shot on goal. He's getting opportunities, but he's not necessarily uh, probably as consistently finding the back of the net like he should with the amount of great A's he's had. I mean, in that game, you know, two, two days ago, of course, it was a perfect example. You know, Carter Hart, the goaltender for the Flyers, you know, he makes some terrific saves on the back door, but but those are backdoor plays that for Cairo that he received twice from Thomas that maybe you got to bury one of those or maybe you bury both of those. So I think that, you know, the opportunities have been there for Cairo. He's getting shots on goal, but they're not manifesting itself into a lot of goals just yet. So I think that if you're not going to uh, have that for a top line, which is as much talent, offensive uh, prowess on that line, you got to look to kind of split it up. So I think you bring Cairo down. You know, you look at the stretch for Braden Shen, when he's had his most success – which was in that second part of the season. Remember, he started out kind of slow, and then he won a really nice 10-game run, and then he fell off for a little while. Of course, then he went for a long time without getting a point. But when he was good, it was with him. He was when Jordan Cairo was with him on his line. So I think they're trying to uh, for twofold. You know, you're not having to kind of uh, find the back of the net with this group up top. But the biggest thing is you have to figure out a way to balance the scoring and try to get your captain and Hayes going a little bit. So you drink, you bring. Kyrie speed down there and hopefully that'll fire things up where you don't just have all things clicking on that top line but certainly the top six final one for Joe Vitale who is uh, joining us from DC he'll be with us tonight on our first community credit union pregame starting at five o'clock Joe you, you 
you went 5-4-1 and one in this 10-game stretch against real tough opponents, and you didn't really make up much ground. You kind of stayed where you were while other teams went up ahead of you in the standings. What's the impact of the future of this season for the Blues over this next 10-20 game stretch in terms of being a sellers or standing pat and pushing for a playoff spot? Yeah, I mean, this this next 15-20 games, really, it's, it's your season now. I think the players know that. I mean, you know, the the, the, the season's kind of broken up in, you know, they, they call it like four 20-ish game segments. You know, the first 20 games, you're really trying to figure out what you are. You know, I've always I've always said the next 20 games leading up to that January 1st, that, that that's kind of your setup chapter. You have to make sure you're in a great spot to either um, put yourself in a room where you get some cushion or you, need, you put yourself in a, a position in January 1 where you need to make a push. And I think the Blues have, have done that in that second chapter. I think that, you know, up and down, slow start, but you're kind of feeling out where you are. I think that that second 20-game segment around Thanksgiving leading into Christmas and the New Year, you know, again, 500 hockey. Uh, but have you really put yourself in a terrific spot to make a hard push? Not ideally. I mean, you're only three games above 500 at this point. So you have a lot of work to do to get to that 10, 11, 12 games over 500, which it will, will, will take. So I think that for the Blues to really – call themselves a contender to get into a playoff spot right now, they have to go on a Seattle Kraken type of run. They need to go on up nine and zero. they need to go on a 10 and three, uh, maybe 14 and 14 and two over the next 16. I mean, it's that kind of run that is ultimately going to set up Doug Armstrong to say, this is our group. And if they don't go on that run, let's say they continue to sputter at 500, or maybe they're a couple games over 500. Maybe by you know March one they're five games over five hundred. Is that going to be good enough? Probably not. It's not going to be good enough for this this general manager to say, okay, this is our group. We're going to make a push for it. I think I think changes will have to be made. So in order for them to approach March and you got about a month and a half to do it, about five to six weeks of really good hockey. If you want to keep this group together and this is the group that's going to get you in the playoffs and make them make a little run, it's going to take. It's like I said, it's going to take what the Seattle Kraken have done. It's going to take a massive run. It's going to take what the Edmonton Oilers have done. If you're going to have to get on a roll, and you have to keep that roll going, or else, unfortunately, I think that you know the Doug Armstrongs and the, all the general managers that would be in the spot, their hands are kind of tied, and decisions are going to have to be made, much like they were last year.